Hallelujah. Today is going to be a, a, a bit very sensitive because I'll be speaking to you, you know, heart to heart, but I'm going to be very stern. This word is coming because of the season that we are in and what is expected of us in this time and in this season. I want to say this. God wants to be involved in everyone's life. God wants to be involved. It means God wants to be involved in your going out and in your coming in. God wants to be involved. But the truth of the matter is that God is not always involved. And he chooses when to be involved and when not to be involved. I want us to understand the ways of God and the nature of God and how God actually relates with us as his sons and daughters. You know, Jesus made or stated certain parables in the scriptures. And one of them being the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. And we can come to understand what the Bible said there. When the son came to him and said, give us what belongs to us or give me what belongs to me. The father did not challenge that request. The father gave him when he chose to leave the father's kingdom and go somewhere else, the father did not stop him as well. Yet, this is a parable likened to the kingdom of God. Now, I hope you know Jesus didn't tell parables just for story's sake. He told parables to help us understand what happens in the kingdom that we belong to. So the possibility of being blessed in the kingdom and the possibility of leaving the kingdom is always there. And of course, it comes with the repercussion. It comes with the challenges or the attack. Many of us, we know already the story. When he had spent everything he then regretted and said, how many of my father's hired servant has got enough to eat and to, to spare? He said, let me go back to my father. And Jesus told this parable as an expression of what transpires in the kingdom of God. 
I don't know how you study scriptures. But I study scriptures in such a way that I see myself as being taught or advised by the Holy Spirit on how I must live my life to avoid certain things. Is it possible that a believer once blessed by God can get to a point where he has got nothing? Yes. That parable made that clear to us. Most times when you see a believer rise and fall, rise and fall, it's not a question of demons. Because if you look at that parable, you can't see any mention of demons. It's just a son that took a decision to receive a blessing from the father and also took a decision to leave the kingdom in order to go spend or enjoy the blessings out of the source. So these are things that if we bring down this scripture into today's world, we can see that happening every time. Imagine somebody can come to church and ask God for an open door or cry to God and say, God, remember me. God, remember me. Just open this door for me. I will be grateful. And the day God opens the door for them, what happens? They will leave. Maybe go to, I don't know where I will say now. You know, go, maybe go to, let me use, maybe go to a club. That's where he will now show them, tell them to play Doremi or Dorime. <laughs> and they play Dorime and then, you know, you, and you know, <laughs> And then you wonder why after a while you are back to square one. You know, sometimes when we read scriptures, we should try as much as possible to apply that scripture. You know, when the Bible says, and the son came and took what belongs to him and went into a far country. Far country cannot be uh, he went to Tokyo. He went to a faculty means when you leave the kingdom, when you begin to operate outside of principles that actually brought forth what you are enjoying, and that's why I said I'm going to be a bit sensitive today. And the first statement I made, I said, God is not responsible for everybody. And there is a reason. Do you know that people die every day and they are not supposed to die and God is not responsible and God could have stopped it if he wanted. People are suffering all over the world. God has got the capacity to stop it but God is not stopping it. And there is a reason. And this is why this message is coming. We have to come to a point in our lives where we realize that 
our walk with God is a relationship. It is not an agreement. It's a relationship. And if we choose to live our lives in the way we want, there's going to be consequences. You know, these are things that people don't like to hear. Rather, when you say to them, once there is grace, it's okay. We rejoice. But already, many of us are going through that situation where we are paying a price for something we shouldn't just simply because we were not wise when we should have. I remember praying for a particular set of people. You know, I observed what was going on in their lives and I, I went into a place of prayer. While I was praying, I was really serious praying for these people. And God said to me, he said, I want these people to prosper more than you want them to prosper. But they cannot prosper because they are not accountable to me. And because they are not accountable to me, I'm not responsible for them. That statement shook me. That God actually wants accountability. You know, what happened to the prodigal son wasn't about him taking his blessing. It's simply because he was not accountable to that blessing, to the father, based on how he handled the blessing. So, I realized that God wants accountability. And accountability is not saying, Lord, I'm accountable to you. Accountability is when we realize that God wants to be involved with every decision we make, with every step we want to take, everything he wants to do, or everything you want to do. You want to leave the house in the morning, it is through prayer, for example, that you get God involved in your life. You, your days remain accountable to the presence of God. When you allow God to get involved with your life, that is when God can intervene in every situation. That is when God will not allow certain things to happen in your life. That is when God can even fight your battles without you knowing that he's fighting for you. Because that accountability is there. But most times we are not really accountable to God. For reasons, you know, best known to us. Look at what Proverbs 3 verse 6 said. If you go to Proverbs 3 verse 5, let's read from verse 5. I, I'm reading from uh, NIV. It says something, they say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. He said, in all thy ways acknowledge him. In all your ways. That means anything you want to do, acknowledge God in that thing. It's a mystery. Do you want to see God involved in your life? 
Acknowledge him in all, not in some things, in all thy ways. What decision do you want to take? What is it that you want to do? You need to acknowledge God in that particular thing. That means you wake up in the morning, you want to go out, you acknowledge the supremacy of God in your life for the day. It means you want to make a decision for a business, you acknowledge the, the person of God in that business, in that decision. You want to get into a relationship, you acknowledge the presence of God in that relationship. That is if you are interested to have God involved in that relationship. The question is, how do we acknowledge him? It's not just a prayer where you say, Father, I acknowledge you. The reason being this, when you acknowledge him, then he will direct your path. So, it's a very sensitive place. You know, when we see, let's leave those out there. But when we see believers who don't acknowledge God in things they do, in decisions they make, it becomes very challenging. So acknowledging God in all our ways is very important. And then he went to verse 7 and he said, he said, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. He said, do not be wise in your own eyes. So when you refuse to acknowledge God, you, are, you believe you are wise. You know, when you want to take, make decisions, you know, you don't consult with God because you believe you are wise. And this is why we go through unnecessary pains and challenges. You want to go into, for example, relationships are awesome. It can build you, it can establish you. But you want to enter into one, you look at the young man, very handsome young man, you make your decision immediately. I like the way he speaks. And because you like the way he speaks, it doesn't matter how God speaks. Then you jump in. You didn't acknowledge God. You didn't ask him what you, what do you think about this? How do you see this? Should I actually go ahead? And then along the line, when things start happening, maybe you start going through necessary emotional issues and the, the you know, the, probably the person will start beating you up and all those stuff. He then start calling God. He said, Father, where are you? He's not there. Because you did not acknowledge him from the beginning. You are now calling him to come and join you halfway. So God is not committed to protect what you did not commit to him. He's not committed to that. That's why he can stand and watch relationships go messy. He can stand and watch people go down in business. He can stand and watch, not because he does not want to intervene, but from the beginning, he has always given man the capacity to make a decision for themselves. Do you want to bring him, me involved? Bring me, let me be involved. If you don't want me to be involved, I stay away. From the beginning, with Adam and Eve, he gave man the capacity to make decisions for themselves. So we need to be a bit sensitive so that we do not 
run a race without God and then wonder why we are struggling at the end of the day. And you must have God involved in your life because he's the only one. Colossians 3 verse 17 said something that I love. He said, and whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatsoever you do in word or in, in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So this is actually how we get him involved. Lord, I thank you. I'm about to enter a business. I thank you. Direct me. What do you want me to do? Direct my path. You allow him to have a say in your life. You can't just wake up and do your own thing. That's not the way to live. That's not the way to live. So if God is not involved in the life of everyone, how can then, you know, it took me a while to actually understand a lot of things about this kingdom. I remember those days when people write me and say they are going through this, they are going through this, they are going through this, they are going through this. I would just run into the place of prayer and start praying for them and say, Lord, you know, intervene, this one, this one. Until one day I started realizing that some people run into trouble, not because God destined that they will run into that trouble, but because of the, they don't just get God involved. And if you pull them out of that trouble, they will still enter there. So being accountable to God is key to seeing God involved in your life fully. Do you want to see God involved in your life? Be accountable to him. Accountability will always attract responsibility. You can't be accountable to God and not see him responsible for your life. But when you are not accountable, how does that happen? You know, it's very easy for people to run to you. You know, as a man of God, it's very easy for people to run to me. You know, sometimes people can just see me on the street and run and run and say, hey, please, sir, can I have uh, three minutes of your time? I need to tell you something. And I say, okay, no problem. And then they say, I'm going through this. I'm going through this. I'm going through, you know, I, I really need breakthrough. This one, this one. But the question, before I would say, let me pray for you. But now, one, I don't even know you. I don't even know where you are coming from. I don't even know what you do. How, I mean, why did you, why are you in this situation? At the, so, they're probably not looking for that prayer because they have changed. They are looking for the prayer because they need another breakthrough to continue with whatsoever they are doing. So, if it's Dorime people, they will do Dorime they come for blessing again and then you, you, you pray and say, Father, have mercy on this one. When it clicks again, Dorime. So you notice it's just, at the end of the day, you realize that even God does not want to be used. Even God does not want to be used. So if we must walk with God, let's be real. Let us have a real relationship with him. Let us respond to him. Let us agree with him. Let us get him involved in our lives. 
You know, I made a, uh, I, I, I posted something some weeks ago or months ago, probably a month or, or two ago, and I said, oh, I got, um, uh, you know, an approval to go to the UK to establish um, a, a lab or a company or, you know, software company and stuff like that. And then somebody, is it last week or two weeks ago, asked me, ah, why have you not gone? Said, I, I thought by now you should have even left us. And I said to him, I said, look, you know, it is one thing to have a visa. It's another thing for God to say to you, go. I'm not one of those that I am guided by opportunities. So once opportunity comes, I jump in. Because I know, that's why when God said to Moses, it's time to go with the children of Israel. He said, look, if your presence if your presence, he said, okay, no, don't worry. I will send my angels to go with you. He said, your angels, they are not enough for us. If your presence will not go with me, we are going nowhere. These are men that understood the importance of having God with them. So you see, Moses will not do anything. Joshua will not do anything. Abraham will not do anything. Noah will not do anything. These men, they were not powerful because they were just powerful. Look at their lives. You see that they got God involved in every step they took. That was their secret. God was always involved. So I, I can't go anywhere. But trust me, immediately I hear him say, it's time. Nobody, nothing can stop me. Because I know as I'm entering there, I have the full backing of heaven. I'm not operating by my own desires. And this is how we should live our lives. Not every beautiful relationship is your relationship. Not every handsome young man is for you. Not every business is for you. Not every nation is for you. Being sensitive. Being sensitive. Please understand that I'm speaking out of love. Because our days are very sensitive. We need God now and we cannot afford to live as though we don't need him. We need God so, so much. I was speaking with somebody who was formerly in the occult. And he said to me, he said, I can't leave my house without doing some things. It's impossible. And after doing that thing then, because I used to know him while he was still in the occult, when he comes out like this, you see him walking like as if he owns the whole world. And he told me, he said, at that moment, I believe I, everything answers to me because I've already done everything. I've already killed maybe a fowl or did this and that. And I know if they shoot gun at me, it will not enter. He can just come into a place where people are watching football. You know, guys are watching football. He can just come in there. Where they are watching football, he will take the remote and just put it off and start looking around. And nobody will say anything. You know, those guy, kind of guys, oppression. 
And I asked him, I said, what kind of confidence is that? He said, I know what I've done. He said, let them, let anybody stand and, let them stand and challenge me. The reason we cannot trust God enough is because we are not even sure he's with us. The reason we go out there, we cannot be bold enough is because we are not even sure he's, he's backing us up. So I want to encourage us. You know, there is something that I always say. You know, that's why, you know, I believe where we are coming from, the concept of grace and what grace is all about, we... Uh, the understanding is a big word. You know, we have this grace, you know, grace means disobey God as much as you can and it is going to be well with you. Don't follow his principles. When he say go right, enter left and just shout grace and it will work. It doesn't work like that though. It is that grace that teaches us to say no. So grace is a teacher. James 4 and verse 7. I, I want to say this first. If you go to James 4 verse 7, it says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then he went to verse 8 and said, Draw near to God and he will do what? He will draw near to you. It means if you are not what? Drawing near to him. Sometimes it looks as if God is far. You know, somebody asked me a question one time. He said, man of God, I have the spirit of God in me. I say, yes. He said, why is it then that when I sleep, I'm oppressed at night? You know, witches will come and press somebody and they can't say, Jesus. And when I have the spirit of God in me, I say, you should ask yourself the question. Why you have the spirit of God and a, a witch or a demon can enter your room and oppress you and you cannot even shout Jesus. The Jesus you have, you carry you are supposed to be one with. You can't even shout Jesus. I said, you should ask yourself a question. Why is it that you carry the spirit of God and then he doesn't respond to protect you in the presence of a demonic force? Even to the point that all your angels that are sent to guide you are all watching. Why once more demon is busy oppressing you? Why? I want to show you something. Please, can we go to Ephesians chapter 4? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. There are ways to get God involved. Look at what he said here. He said, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. He said, grieve not. That means this gives us a room that we can actually grieve the Holy Ghost. To grieve him will come to a point where he's just there looking. He's grieved. How can I leave the day and not tell the Holy Ghost to be involved? At some point, he will just go and sit down. You carry him, but he's not doing anything. Because you don't get him involved. Now, the one that I really wanted to show us, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, he said, quench not the spirit. Quench means to stop him from moving. Quench. You simply, and he will not move. You can pray from today to tomorrow, nothing changes. 
because he's quenched. We have to be very sensitive. I was watching Catherine Kuhlman preach. Very powerful woman of God. And she said the only secret and the one secret, the only and one secret, the only and one secret is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He said, if the Holy Spirit decides to leave you now, that's the end. Samson could destroy a nation. Samson could scatter a nation. Samson could, you know, do everything. The day the Holy Ghost left, that was the end of Samson. Let me tell you the truth. As a believer, if you do and the Holy Ghost decides to go to rest in your life, that's when demons can enter, scatter your business. Nothing is, you can't do anything about it. They can enter like this, scatter your relationship, nothing. Scatter your family, nothing. Why? There is nobody in that family who can stand in a place of relationship and bring a solution. So we must walk this walk sensitively. You know, there's a reason. I, I remember in my university days, UNEC then, if you, there are moments, if you come out at night, you know, you know the way the hostel is, a long line like this with a corridor in front. And ours, you know, they blocked it for some reason then with windows. If you come out at night, maybe one, two, and you come out there, ah, the atmosphere is always different. You know, people smoking. You, you don't smoke, but if you stand at that corridor for a while, you get high. You know, people who smoke, you know. And I remember those days. I would come out. First year, second year. I'll come out and stay there with my friend and he will be... So, at the end of the day, I'll be... You know, that feeling. And you know, the, the devil said, that you can see how you feel small, small. Imagine if you are the one taking it like this. How high you will feel. How good you will feel. So one day my friend said to me, why don't you try this thing? And I said to him, I said, it's not like I don't want to. I just want to collect this thing from your hand now. And do it. But it's just that, you know, what stops or sometimes it's not because we don't want to, it's the fear. Understanding there are things you can do like this. The Holy Ghost will just go to rest and leave you there. You still carry him, but he's no more manifesting. The reason I'm saying this is that many of us, we found ourselves in that situation, in that position. Why is it that things used to work before it's not working anymore? Why is it that I used to pray and things happen? It's not happening anymore. It's time to tell the Holy Ghost, I'm sorry. I've grieved you. I've quenched you. Help me to change my ways. If we are not growing in this kingdom, then coming to church and all this is a waste of time. If we are not making efforts to be better, then it's a waste of time. I remember I used to tell my friend then, Stop this thing, stop this thing, stop this thing. He didn't listen to me until he went uh, and he repented. Please, I want to reach out to us as, the ch as a church. I think it's time for us to be more genuine with God. 
I'm not saying this because I'm, you know, this is not about perfection. This is about desire to move forward with the Spirit of God and to see more of God involved in our lives. There is a reason somebody can stand in your family and declare a word and it will come to pass or declare a word over you and it will come to pass. There is a reason. There is a price you have to pay. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Denying yourself, I preached this message, I think, three weeks ago or four weeks ago. Denying yourself, if you really want to follow Jesus, there must be a place of denial. Don't ever think you are the only one being tempted or you are the only one that wants to do certain things or you are the only one that wants to be in certain places. But if you want to truly follow God, you have to learn how to deny yourself. And the more we go further in this day and in this age, it's very difficult. You only can do certain things, follow God effectively through the help of the Holy Spirit. Because it's getting more difficult, more difficult, more difficult. If you, even if you, you separate yourself from people who will oppress you, you go online, oppression will be there. You know, there is this one that is raining now in Oba. In Oba. And you can imagine some people wrote, wrote, man of God. He says, sir, what my eyes have seen on the internet. Please pray that we are blessed. Imagine. From, I mean, so the reason you have realized that you need to be blessed is because you saw where they are stoning themselves with money. We need to really have a relationship with God. Because these things are things God can bless you with without thinking twice. But if first of all, he needs your attention. He wants to know you. He wants to be there. He wants to be the one to make decisions for you. And I pray that God will help us in this season. Amen? I pray that God will help us. Before we pray, I want to say this. If you go to Galatians 4, I touched on this on Thursday. Galatians 4 and 1. Some of the teachings you, you hear or this particular one is for your growth, is for your increase, is for your maturity. Look at what the Bible says. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant, though he be the Lord of all. This person called the heir is somebody who's supposed to inherit so when you look at the word here, it's about inheritance. So the Bible, you know, made it clear that if this hair remains a child, he differed nothing from a servant, though he be the Lord of all. So you are that hair. You are supposed to inherit the blessings of God. You are supposed to inherit the prosperity of the kingdom. You are supposed to inherit divine health divine protection. Your life is supposed to be perfect. You know, I... You see, sometimes when I sit with the leaders, I always do tell them something. I can't assure you 
that your life will turn around in one day. But can I, I can assure you that if you will walk with God, your life will turn around. God will build your life. You, re, you become solid. Seriously solid. That it will be difficult for anybody to look at any dimension of your life and not see the hand of God there. God will build your business. God will build your academics. God will build your spiritual life. But you need to get God involved. So here Paul writes and said, look, the heirs, you know, he has got access to the inheritance. But so long he remained a child, he's not different from a servant. So a servant cannot inherit if the servant, if the son remains like a child. The reason we teach some of these things is not to make you feel bad. No. But for you to be challenged to grow in God. For you to be challenged to make certain decisions that will help you mature in the things of God. So that you begin to assess even a greater inheritance. You know, when a child is growing up, he needs the mother or the father to feed him food, you know. Maybe pap, maybe this, or maybe whatever. But a time will come, they will start teaching the child how to use spoon. A time will come, the child will just say, Mommy, can I take something? And say, you can take. A time will come, the child will not ask for anything. He will just go and take it. I remember those days, even to take milk and bone vita, that's where I grew up from. You have to take permission from my dad. He said, Daddy, can I take milk and bone vita? And you know that 99% of the time, he said, no. Because milk and bone vita is only for, for morning. But as we... I realized one day, I went home, I realized one day, he was asking me, oh, I know you like uh, tea and bread. Are you not eating? I said, but that is in the afternoon now. He said, ah, ah, you can eat at any time. I said, remember those days? He said, you were small then. Can you see that maturity causes release? There are things God can release to you if you are still operating in a, a, a particular childish mentality. God wants to bless you financially, but God knows how you think. He knows what you can do. He knows what you can undo and undo. And there is no way you can move the hand of God to actually bring that kind of financial responsibility. I remember one day I was praying for a new dimension financially. I gave, I sowed a seed. I mean, I came to a point where I was so tired where I was that I took $22,000 and I sold it into a man of God's life. I said, this one will break open doors for me. I waited another seven months. Nothing changed. Same level financially. Same level financially. And one day, while I was angry and I went to sleep, an old man came to me and he said to me, you think it's all by giving? He said, giving is the activator. But the real prosperity is in your mind. He said, change the way you think. This is how you are thinking and this is how God wants you to think. So what is it God wanted me to think? God wanted me to think more on outreach, how to reach out to more people with the blessings of God. So I knew God wanted to use me as a channel to blessing people and I changed my mindset and I said, Father, every month I must pay 30 people's house rent. I must do this, I must do this, I must do this. Immediately it activated because my mind changed to I want to build a house. I want to drive a car. I want to do this. Once it becomes you, 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 you. Forget it. It's not the kingdom. 
Because the kingdom is designed in such a way that you become a channel. So if you don't grow up from me, me, to us, us, if you don't grow up from just me focused to sudden, you know, seeing yourself as an avenue to bless people, that's why a messed up person can enter this house and take the blessings of God. Why? Because they are the ones that God can use to reach out to people. Why you that is you are anointed Akagom syndrome? You don't give. You don't. You know you can never be. So what what will happen? God will just sustain you. You will have just enough to eat and to spare. But never in that place. So you need to bring yourself to that maturity. So long the hair remained a child, he differed nothing from a servant. Please let's go back there. And then verse two, he does say something. He said, but he's under tutors. That, that means teachers. And governors until the time appointed of the father. And that time appointed is now for you. May you now learn from this teaching and grow in the name of Jesus. Do you know there are certain things you can drop off for God today? And God will see your faithfulness to his work. The Bible says Enoch walked with God and was no more. Walking with God means to stay accountable with God, to God. Always. There are things you can change right now. Now, I know probably we want to change something, but it's, it doesn't come that easy. But I, I, I want to show you something. Do you know that maturity, please permit me, do you know that maturity, you know, encompasses every aspect of your life, including the way you talk, the way you think, the way you act, now, let's go back to Ephesians 3. We read 30, right? Let's read that 30 again. Ephesians 3, 30. He said, and, and grieve not the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. He said, and grieve not. And grieve not. That means already he made a statement before. And then he added, and grieve not. So let's look at the previous statement. Look at what he said there. Go to verse 29. He said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of a defying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not. So you can see connection. One way not to grieve the Holy Ghost is check the way you, you talk. So you can start from there. I don't say that's how we talk in my family. You, know, you call somebody, you say, people complain that you talk a lot, you talk too much. He said, but I am a, I'm just a straight person. I like to say my mind. You want to say your mind. And you see the person struggling spiritually. Yet there, is, there are belief systems, things they can stop. Go to the next verse. After 30, he now said, let all bitterness and rot and anger and clamor and evil speaking or gossiping, that's the right word be put away from you with all malice instructions in the scripture the more you adhere to these things the more you see inheritance I mean I, I'm this gesture they shock me listen if God is saying take this pen, put it on your head and you will prosper. That's all it takes. You can't say to God, I will put it in my mouth. 
and you shall grace up and you prosper. There are laid down instructions. Let all bitterness. It means I can't be walking around being angry or bitter about people. This person did something to me or said something about me uh, two years ago or three years ago all those stuff. I remember when we were, we were doing leadership conference I think on Saturday last week Saturday and the prophetic came and I started speaking to them because it's been a long time I did you know I, I've, I've not felt led to do prophetic service and speak to people and someone that used to serve me what's it called water in one of the churches I don't want to mention so every time I'll come to service she will bring water and I was and we'll put it on the table but you know when I'm when I enter into service I'm not thinking about who is serving me water or anything I'm focused on the word I need to speak so if anybody is serving me anything I probably will not look at you that does not mean I don't appreciate what you are doing but the, uh, the focus for me is not who is serving me water for me to say oh you are awesome yeah, yeah. that's not what I should be doing at that moment and every time this sister will bring water for me, because I will not really look at her and appreciate her, she will say in her mind, why is it that this pastor doesn't appreciate somebody? Why is it that he doesn't appreciate somebody? Every time I'll bring water like this, you know, she will not. She never said it out. But every time she will keep the water, as that thing goes through her mind, I, you know, my ears are open. I will hear it clearly. So when the prophetic started that day, because it's only workers, I decided to embarrass her small. And I called her. I said, every time you serve me water, this is what you say. He said, yes, sir. Do you know that thing is bitterness? So for a year and a half, she has been serving her pastor water with bitterness in her heart. How can that kind of person prosper if not for the mercies of God? Let bitterness rot anger. Let me tell you the truth. You won't mention all these things without finding something in your life that you need to deal with. Anger, rot. Ah, Bishop Onyedebo said something. He said one day he was praying and God said to him, anger rests in the bosom of a fool. And he asked him, are you a fool? And he said, no, sir. He said, then check your anger. Because he was formerly very angry. Until God reminded him, say, my word said that anger rests in the bosom of a fool. Are you a fool? He said, no, sir. He said, then deal with anger. We need, our work with God must be progressive. You can't be talking the same way you used to talk five years ago. You can't be seeing life the way, the same way you used to see it seven years ago. Something must change. A time can, should come when you enter a room and you see your friends gossiping. You walk away. You tell them, this is where destinies are destroyed. But not the destiny of the people they are talking about. It's actually their destiny. Because the Bible said, whoever loves, loves to see good life, let him refrain his tongue from speaking evil. Whoever that longs to, likes to live long and see good, let him refrain his tongue. Can you see the condition? If you want to see good in this life, refrain your tongue from speaking evil. Yet some people do ta -ta 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 and say, grace No, the scripture is clear on that. If you want your days to be good, Refrain your tongue. Thank you. That person there, you are, you are preaching with me. 
He said, for he that will love life and see good days. Do you want to see good days? Let him refrain his tongue from speaking evil. And his lips, that is, do you want to see good days? There's a condition. It's here. You want to see good days? Check the way you speak. Instructions in the scriptures. And that's why I said to you today, I want to really speak to you from my heart. To talk to you as friends. We can't continue the same way. At least you can start from something tonight by saying, I check the way I speak from today. I'm not going to talk anyhow anymore. I'm not just going to open my mouth and speak however I want. I have to refrain my tongue. If, I mean, everybody is going through that, that I'm going through my own. God will say, this thing, you need to deal with it. I pray that something will change in our lives. In the name of Jesus. Just bow down your head and say, Father, help me in this season.